This is a Pele Media Podcast. Welcome back to Jurassic Park Minute. Jurassic Park Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 1993 film Jurassic Park Minute by Minute. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And today we have Minute number 92 for you folks. Brady, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. How about you? Um, doing pretty great too. Would be nicer if I could get myself a slice of king cake after we talked about it yesterday. It's all I could be thinking about for yeah, the last right. uh, 24 hours. But uh, I'm going to see if I can find some up here in the beautiful state of Wyoming where I am. Uh, it's probably going to be a hard search to find that. But I want to talk real quick about what we have coming up on Thursday and Friday this week. We're going to have Gary Roby from Harry Potter Minute joining us for those two episodes. And it's going to be a pretty great time. If you are a uh, fan of Harry Potter, uh, he has all the information. So I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit about that as well well as Jurassic Park. But before we get to those episodes, how about we get into minute number 92? Let's do it. Let's do it. In the previous minute, we saw Dr. Alan Grant explain to Lex and Tim that dinosaurs using frog DNA have changed their gender. As the minute ended, we catch the tail end of a conversation between John Hammond and Ray talking about restarting the computer system. John Hammond explains to Ellie Sattler that they are going to take a calculated risk by restarting the computer system. John Hammond says that they will never find the commands that Nidri used because he covered his tracks far too well. And Ray tells Hammond that he can find someone else to shut down the computer system because he will not do it. Hammond says that shutting down the system is the only way to wipe out everything that Nidri did. Hammond says that as he understands it, shutting down the computer system will cause the system to come back online in its original format. He asks Ray to clarify. At 92.30, Ray says that theoretically he is correct, but they have never shut down the entire system before. Ellie asks if the phones will come back on. Ray says, yes, again, in theory, they will. At 92.40, we cut to a shot of Muldoon asking about the Lysine contingency. Hammond says that the Lysine contingency is absolutely out of the question. When Ellie asks what the Lysine contingency is, Ray chimes in that it prevents the spreads of animals off of the island. Ray further clarifies by stating that the dinosaurs were genetically coded so that they could not produce the Lysine enzyme and thus would slip into a coma without Lysine being provided by the Jurassic Park staff. And thus ends minute number 92 of Jurassic Park. So we got a lot more of the buildup here to the shutting down of the power that will eventually unleash the raptors. And there seems to be a little bit more of a, or a little bit of a moral quandary going on between Hammond and Ray uh, about what the effects of shutting down this computer system are. Yeah, uh, we get to see Sam Jackson here, you know, finally kind of coming yeah. through in a movie where he's just sort of been uh, there, and um, we are finally getting to see him go toe-to-toe with somebody, and uh, it's it's a funny it's a funny moment. Their rapport, the two of them going back and forth at each other is very funny, I think. Yeah, Ray is just very, very concerned about turning off the power. He doesn't want to be held morally responsible for what's going to happen if he does that, and I don't, do you think he had any sort of inkling that it would unleash the raptors if he did that? No, no, I don't. Um, but he's seen that what, what, what has happened with messing with the system here in the past few hours. You know, Nidri did something that they thought could possibly be an easily correctable thing. And it's not. As Hammond says, he's covered his tracks far too well. So I'm sure, I'll, just imagine that kind of pressure on Ray. Um, right. There might be, like, okay, clearly they have some generators going right now that are keeping the control room running. That might... There might be some power in what they have to communicate with the mainland. 
So if they shut it all down, then they shut down that potential as well. And that would be on him. So if this is the same kind of thing that's going to happen, John should have clearly said, listen, if something goes wrong in this, you can tell people I pushed you out of the way and I did it myself. Like, yeah. you know, he's putting a hell of a lot of pressure on Ray here. Now, as far as shutting down the system and then turning it back on again, we don't see this a whole lot anymore with smart TVs as they are today. But do you remember back in the day when if the reception on a TV was bad, you just slap the side of it and then it'll kind of come through? Back in the day, I, I do that to all my electronics these days yeah. if they're not working. Yeah. I figure if it doesn't work, it gets it deserves to get punched. But yeah, no, I have a refrigerator that every now and then will... I think it's like <laughs> almost 20 years old and it still works fine, but every now and then it'll make a noise and I just go and I knee it really hard and then it starts working again. But really? uh, yeah, I do remember well, that day when you would have to do things like that. This It kind of reminds me of that a little bit, just that philosophy of yeah. turn it off, turn it back on, and it should work. Which is funny because that's kind of the main, you know, piece of advice you get from any sort of IT person whenever something isn't working right. The first thing you do is you restart the system and then it should, you know, reset everything. But it's just something we do with our phones and with our, you know, MP3 players or whatever computers these days. It's no problem for us. But back when when this movie came out, kind of have to restress this. Home computers were not something that everybody had. You know, the idea of a computer, I mean, we can kind of see with like the virtual reality segment earlier in this movie. To a degree, they were kind of like magic. It wasn't something that everybody really understood. The Internet wasn't really a thing that everybody had access to at that point so when you tell someone like shut down the computer uh, it's it was a little bit more of a stressful thing I guess you know something wasn't working uh, you know the idea of shutting an entire system of this size down even in this day and age would probably be a little bit something you know would be something that kind of gave you pause but back in the day shutting down an entire entire power grid like this was probably a little bit more of a scarier thing for an audience to hear you know yeah definitely yeah and it's on a big scale so you never know So you have some information on lysine contingency, don't you? Yeah. So it's, you know, the lysine contingency comes up here in the movie and it just kind of is mentioned offhand and it kind of gets a strange response from John Hammond. And I think that's probably a leftover artifact from an earlier draft of the script that Hammond says, like, absolutely not. We're not going to do the lysine contingency. And we've seen that Muldoon has no problem with dinosaurs dying. One of the first things that happens in the movie, he tells everybody to shoot a raptor. And then later on, he's like, you know, we should kill all the raptors. So for him, the, um, I guess, uh, keeping the humans on the Island alive is the most important thing to him. So, you know, using the lysine contingency to keep everyone alive is something that he's not afraid to do. And I guess I should back up and kind of talk about what the lysine contingency is. So when Dr. Wu developed the, uh, the DNA for the dinosaurs, they left out the ability for them to produce lysine and lysine is an amino acid that all life needs to live. So without the dinosaurs being able to produce the lysine from the food that they eat, you know, they would have to actually get it directly injected from the Jurassic Park staff. They would slip into a coma and die. And this would happen to anybody that might have a problem with lysine. Um, and lysine is actually, it's it, like I said, it's an amino acid that we all need to live, but there are some people that get uh, what they call canker sores or ulcers inside of their mouths, which is believed to be, uh, part of a lysine deficiency. So if your body isn't producing enough lysine or if you're not getting it from the food that you're eating, uh, you can get these sores on the inside of your mouth that are extremely painful and uh, take a while to go and you actually have to cauterize them yourself sometimes. But um, yeah, so, but the, it's funny because in the book, the lysine contingency is brought up and Hammond acts a little bit more nervous about using it kind of like he does here in the movie, but it's not really explained in the movie why he would care so much if his, you know, kids are out there and they could just stop doing the lysine to, you know, control the dinosaur population. But in the book, Hammond is a little bit more of a miser and he's a little bit more, uh, in, into the financial dealings of engine like he is in the movie, but it, it becomes like his primary driving factor in the book. He wants to make a profit on this Island. And 
in the book, uh, Jurassic Park is not online yet, and they haven't made any sort of profit, and they are beholden to Japanese investors. So when the idea for the licensing contingency is brought up to kill off the dinosaurs on the island, he you know is like absolutely not. We have a you know significant financial investment in the dinosaurs that are alive on this island, and if they die, we lose all that money. We lose the investors' money. So that's I think probably a little bit of an artifact of that of why he's suddenly like, no, we're absolutely not going to kill the dinosaurs. You know, but uh, you know, given the options here, trying to restart the system is a more sensible thing than immediately putting this licensing contingency into effect and you know killing all the dinosaurs i mean for all we know and all they know they could just flip this emergency system off and back on computers are going to be up people will come back into the island a couple of days and they'll be able to you know get the tyrannosaurus i guess at this point well i guess they do know the tyrannosaurus rex is out because muldoon and ellie had seen that but they don't know that the raptors can get out yet they don't know how big the problem on the island actually is so but um yeah lysine is uh something we all have in our bodies it's something we all produce uh whenever we eat food and uh yeah it's it's kind of cool that they put it in there because it's a very um it's a subtle thing that michael Crichton throws in stuff like that the guy was so smart he knew science so inside and out you know with his medical degree and everything uh, or you know excuse me understanding of medicine and, and uh biology and things like that that is this little thing in the movie that's thrown out and you don't think about it a whole lot but for michael Crichton to put that in there and you know it shows that he really knew his stuff that he really kind of thought this stuff out ahead of time how could they you know have a fail safe if the dinosaurs actually did get off the island so that's a pretty cool little thing for them to throw into yeah, the movie there it is a neat touch it is yeah. uh and it's coming right after the moment where we are introduced to the idea that you know the frog dna being the frog right. being able to switch back and forth sexes so um it's a pretty heavy uh sci-fi yeah, moment in the movie it is yeah you also uh get to see the effect of the lysine contingency in the sequels to the movie. Yeah. You know, the dinosaurs have not had the uh, lysine injection and yet they're still around in the lost world in Jurassic Park three. So, you know, but here's, here's my question, I guess. So we, the lysine contingency goes into effect no matter what, right? They get off the Island. The dinosaurs are not going to be given the shots or food injections, I guess, that they need to produce the lysine. So no matter what, this thing does go into effect after they leave the island. But my question to you and my question is, the dinosaurs that are actually born on the island, that we saw the eggs from a minute ago, do you think that they were able to develop that DNA to have lysine, you know, or were able to produce it themselves. That's, I've always kind of been curious about that. Like if their parents didn't have that in their DNA, uh, would it be possible to skip a generation and be born into the natural born dinosaurs on the Island? Because why just give it to ones that are born on the Island and not site B? Yeah. And, and yeah, that's a good question is if you just did it. Well, no, because then that would totally neglect the, uh, excuse me, totally neutralize the need to inject it on the dinosaurs on the Island. So maybe it's something that's done once they're brought over. Well, I guess that kind of gets because into the my misunderstanding dinosaurs... of the dinosaurs that are born on the island as opposed to the ones that are born off of the island. You know, I've never been 100% clear on that. And the ones that were born yeah. on, on Site B on Isla Sorna were born as if they were just as if they were the first generation. They had all the, you know, the, the parts that they needed to live. But the ones that were born on Isla Sorna, Isla Nublar, were developed by Dr. Wu and they had all the, you know, advanced, you know, I guess, uh, DNA manipulation, then the no lysine and stuff like that. But, um, I, it, I wish there was some line of dialogue that would make it a little bit more clear, you know, like in the lost world, the book, and it, maybe it's in there. I can't really remember. It's been over 20 years since I've read that book. So, um, it's, it's something I've always wondered those little tracks that Grant saw going around, are they born male and female? And do they have the lysine in their body that enables them to live? So, cause right. are some of the dinosaurs in Jurassic world, 
like the Tyrannosaurus Rex from Jurassic World is the same Tyrannosaurus Rex in Jurassic Park, correct? Correct. Rexy, technically. Rexy, okay. And did they make any note if there were any other dinosaurs that lived through that incident? I don't know. I don't think they did. Okay. Um, and so that would further go to throw off the whole idea. It's it's if they were given to just the ones on Site B. <laughs> wow. Right. If they were just delivered to the ones coming up from Site B, then, then how would Rexy have avoided it? Honestly, man, you can just chalk it up to the whole idea that Dr. Wu was wrong in a lot of the things he was doing. Yeah. Or uh, negligent. Negligent is the right way. Um, and I guess also and, they must have contained what happened here on Isla Nublar pretty quickly after the movie ended if they were able to, you know, save Rexy and keep her alive. Who knows? Uh, that's all I got for yeah. 92. That's all I've got as well. All right, folks. I'm Kyle. I'm ready. And until next time, hold on to your butts. Jurassic Park Minute is a fan-supported podcast. If you like the podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes. You can contact us at JurassicParkMinute at gmail.com and visit us online at JurassicParkMinute.com, Facebook.com slash JurassicParkMinute, and Twitter.com slash JurassicMinute. You've been listening to a Pele Media Podcast. For premium content and exclusive podcasts, visit us at patreon.com slash Media. Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Media, and follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash Media.